We are proud to announce a new sponsor for this podcast, Augie's Locker Room. Augie's Locker Room, which is located less than a mile away from Notre Dame Stadium, was named the best Notre Dame's collectible shop in the country. This shop is amazing. If you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and are looking for that special Notre Dame piece to complete your rec room, Augie's is the place to go. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind rock knee items. They have an exclusive Joe Montana signed items. If Augie's doesn't have it in store, he will find it for you. Visit Augie'sLockerRoom.com or stop in at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. Augie'sLockerRoom.com or call 574-277-NDND. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer from BlueAndGold.com with former Notre Dame linebacker and captain Mike Goolsby. We are live on YouTube for the Mike Goolsby Show um, Thursday, July 7th. We'll get this thing going about 8 p.m. Eastern time. Appreciate you guys uh, with us live. Appreciate those um, watching back on YouTube um, and uh, for all the folks listening via podcast. Um, you rock. We, uh, we we definitely love this community that's uh, tuning into these shows. And, Mike, the people are always asking for you. So we're, we bring Mike on about every three, four weeks or so during the offseason. And then during the season, Mike, we good to go on Sundays? You want to do those yeah. live shows on Sundays? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, we try to do them immediately following the game. And uh, a guy like me, I like to process and watch it back a few times. Um so it's not as off the cuff as, as these shows are. Uh, <laughs> people may be shocked to find out there's not a ton of prep work that goes into these, which I think adds to the dynamic. But yeah, absolutely. This is the most excited I've been for Notre Dame football probably since I was a player. I mean, easily the era that we're in now. So yeah, I can't wait. Cool. You were in the hat. New York Yankees hat? You're a Yankees guy? What? What, what is? No, that? I'm not, dude. I just I was I I, uh, I saw a podcast the other day and a guy was wearing a hat. I'm like, I'm gonna try and wear a hat. But no, I'm not a Yankees fan. I've got a massive head, Mike. So, uh, I like to joke two things. One, I'll always have to work out. I'll always have to lift weights, so I look somewhat proportionate <clears throat> to kind of balance out my head. And then if I find a hat that fits, no matter the team, I tend to buy it just because if it fits well, I'll buy it. Okay, cool. How's everything uh, going personally, man? Work? Everything good? Yeah, things are good. Um, yeah, as we're coming on air, I've probably got more kids now training um, than I've ever had before and had a quite a bit of success with most of them. So um, over camp season and things like that, day jobs going well. Uh, we've continued to kind of grow our little brand over here, brother. And uh, yeah, things are great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think most of the people uh, that you're training, it's, it's really cause Mike Singer has been putting in a good word and you know, they watch the YouTube shows and they say the production and the host is really good. So I think that's probably where your business is coming from, but. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes a village for sure. Um, no, but you, I, truth be told, Mike, all kidding aside, you know, you kind of understand, I mean, you're, I look at you as a, an absolute resource for some of these kids. It's just in terms of like your know-how and wherewithal with the recruiting game and et cetera. So I've leaned on you more than once for some insight. So as busy as you are, bro, I, I appreciate the, uh, the help. Always. All right. Um, I guess let's just kind of get into business. Um, business is the key word, right? 
Conference realignment. Let's start with USC and UCLA. Them going to the Big Ten and saying to hell with geography um, with these conference deals. You know, when you see uh, news breaking that USC and UCLA are, are going to go play in a Midwest conference, what's your first reaction? Well, the UCLA was kind of a non-factor to me. Um, but it does it does make sense in terms of viewership for them to come over to the Big Ten and hopefully play some earlier games. It is like whole Pac-12 after dark thing. I have a kid that's I train that's playing at Oregon, and it's like either you're either staying up till two in the morning to watch him play, or you're DVRing it. So it'll it'll be, it'll be good for both of those programs. Um, you, when you like look at U, U, USC and UCLA, they're like the poster children, poster programs for what the Pac-12 kind of sort of represents. So that'll be an interesting thing for to bring that type of West Coast. Some might say a little bit of a softer style of football, um, just to come play in the the Big Ten, the, the weather, the uh, multiple tight end sets, kind of the ground and pound. So that'll be an interesting dynamic to see how the the Iowa's of the world adjust to a USC and how a USC adjusts to a Wisconsin. So that'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, so many interesting facets of it. I'm it really, yeah. Get around. What the heck happens to the Rose bowl? If Oregon and Washington trying to get out of town too, like it, it's, there's just college football, so much pageantry to it. And it's just kind of going wayside right i mean it's 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 a new age yeah well that's what you said i mean jumping into this topic let's get down to business and it's you know college football is a business um and it seems like every other week we're being pounded over the head and reminded of that so yeah i don't what happened to the rose bowl i don't really i don't know i mean it'll it'll adjust um and, and see what it turns into. And that's the other interesting thing, trying to trying to work through this conversationally. There's still so many unknowns um, and chips to, to fall, really, right? Or dominoes to fall. So that that's, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. But yeah, that's the one thing that kind of makes college football so much different from the NFL is the brand loyalty, the fan bases. It seems to matter more to the teams um you know the rivalries are more are, are, are authentic so i hope we don't lose that oh, yeah, yeah as, as time goes by yeah completely agree um definitely folks joining us live hit the thumbs up on this video subscribe to our page if you have not yet head to blueandgold.com still one dollar for one year premium access um so you can get on the board read all the good and in- recruiting information access the message boards talk with thousands of other notre dame fans um, and uh, Mike Goolsby even drops by the board sometimes. So um, this comment here from Notre Dame 2164 says he loves the Mike Goolsby perspective on things. So you get to hear him on the Goolsby show and pops in the board um, here and there well as well. And we'll chat. So kind of talked about dominoes there. There, there, there. There's a big one to fall in that. What will Notre Dame do or not do? It seems like the Big Ten's kind of waiting on the fighting Irish. So first question is what do you want to see? Notre, I, we haven't talked about this off air, so I have no idea what your answer is. Would you like to see Notre Dame go play in a conference? And if so, 
which conference, or do you just do you want to see Notre Dame independent? We touched on this once before, and it might have been this is maybe might have been a few years ago. And as we've touched on before, I, yeah, I have to wear my analyst hat nowadays. But I, a Yankees hat, but I'll, yeah, I'll sure. But I like at my core, man, I still look at it from a player's perspective. So joining a conference, throw the tradition, throw everything out the out the window in terms of Notre Dame having been an independent. I like the idea of joining a conference as an ex-player. If for nothing else, it makes it easier to win a national championship, in my view, because I can remember being on teams where we lose a game and you're like, shoot, like our 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 odds are are down. You lose two games, you're you're out of it. So then it's like, well, then what's what else is there for the kids to play for? There is no conference championship. I mean, there's rivalries and things like that that still matter, but there's nothing literally left to play for if you lose a couple games as a Notre Dame. So for that reason, I'm okay with joining a conference. That there's more opportunity to put more trophies on a shelf and win a conference championship. So that's my stance on that. Just so that's thirty thousand foot view. That's your former player hat. What about just Notre Dame fan, Notre Dame alum, Chicago kid in you? That aspect of it. I mean, the, just kind of the the history of Notre Dame. I mean, it's, I feel like it's just a pros and cons thing. You just got to weigh them, right? Yeah. You got to weigh them. So it's like you talk about, and as we're uh, doing a little bit of just mulling this over. Well, like, let me, let me, sure. let me read this comment real quick as you continue mold over. I mean, this is kind of what I'm saying. Eric says a big piece of Notre Dame football is it the independence people love or hate. It makes us unique. It's part of the brand. We lose our, we lose that. Our brand suffers. No arguments on that, but I do think I have an argument, Mike. Okay, go ahead. So, in terms of loving or hating Notre Dame, no question. That's how Notre Dame fandom works. Very little gray area there. Right. I've always felt like, as a player and now as a fan slash analyst, that hate comes from the kind of holier than thou way that Notre Dame is semi kind of like tended to market itself. Like you can go back and watch, you know, an old teammate of mine, uh, Matt Kruger, you know, his folks were living in South Bend, diehard Notre Dame fans. They would have like VHS tapes of old who holds games, the old NBC broadcast. And the way that Notre Dame marketed itself back then was more blue collar, salt to the earth. And that's kind of what your, your, your fan base, I think a lot that's sort of what the fan the fan base reflected that. And then now you watch an NBC podcast and it's just it's I keep using the expression holier than now, but I think that's where that that hate comes from is there's a small level of pretentiousness. I mean, you'd see it when you were um you know, when I when I was a player, Mike, and I I'll answer the question, but like when I was a player, you know, sometimes you'd look into the stands, it'd be a big, you know, third down, you know, you weren't on the field, you're a young kid still waiting to become a starter but like you look into the stands and there'd be like a woman in a fur coat and you're like at begging her to get up make some noise and you wouldn't get that so there's something there's uh, there's an element that of that that accompanies like notre dame fandom to a degree and i think that's where kind of the hate comes from uh in in my world i don't know if that hate comes from being an independent now espn doesn't like notre dame 
I've always believed that to be true. Now, I think that ESPN's disdain as a huge player in, you know, sports broadcasting, sports media, I feel like that hatred comes from the fact that we are an independent um, in our contract with NBC. That makes sense to me as far as that pertains to that question. But when you really look at this thing holistically, you like there's layers to it. The recruiting, scheduling, um, you know, what else, Mike? Recruiting, does it, if we go to the Big Ten, does it help recruiting? Does it hurt recruiting? Is it a, kind of a moot point? I think it's a wash. So it's somewhat of a moot point. Uh, what about the SEC? I mean, you only mentioned the Big Ten. My my stance on what should Notre Dame do, what should Jack Swarbrick do is sit and wait. Yeah. Everything that you read online, every, any bit of research that you do in Oregon, University of Oregon, they're waiting to see what we do. It's like, well, if we're the the the, the bell of the ball. I think it's the, the we, Big Ten is waiting to see what Notre Dame does. I think Oregon and Washington won out. Big Ten, again, this is a a lot of hearsay reporting from the national Mm -hmm. media. I I think that's what it was, that the Big Ten is pumping the brakes on Washington and Oregon because they want to see what Notre Dame's going to do. Regardless, everyone's waiting on Notre Dame. And Notre Dame seems to be fine with waiting things out because they can. It's it's freaking Notre Dame. Yeah, we're the bell of the ball. We should absolutely wait. Are we going to expand the playoff? Right if you know if i had my crystal ball playing miss cleo over here um you know what miss cleo is mike by the way google it when we get done um used to be a 1-800 psychic number oh yeah back in the day miss cleo anyway yeah so if i was if i had a crystal ball we're going to go from four teams to eight teams and maybe beyond that it continues to expand so um Maybe, Mike, it's a fun conversation to have, and this is all just strictly hypothetical, is let's just say it's a given Notre Dame's going to join a conference. Are we joining the Big Ten? Are we going to join the SEC? What's a better fit? I think that uh, the Big Ten is going to – I think it's more advantageous for the Big Ten for us to join. I think we help the Big Ten more, and I think us joining the SEC helps Notre Dame more, Okay, if that makes sense. Yeah, selfishly, I mean, I don't want the SEC just uh, Big Ten. You're playing Ohio State, mm-hmm. Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan, USC. That rivalry means more than ever because it's a conference game now. So yeah, if we're we're talking Notre Dame moving to a conference, yeah, give me the Big Ten over the SEC, which. I mean, Notre Dame fans that don't like the SEC schools, it's a different dislike than how they don't like, you know, Ohio State or or Michigan or, you know, th- those kind of – it's, you know, it's much more passionate because there's a lot of history there. Um, I, I do want to pop on a, a few comments because we've had sure. uh, some really good ones that I want to bring up. I, I, I agree with most of these. James says independence is great, but hey, what about something simple? Like I'd like to see what players make an all-conference team. I mean, that's something that most of us wouldn't think about. It's a very small thing, but yeah, Notre Dame having some all-conference players. I think that that's cool. Well, like I just I just said earlier in the show, Mike. Yeah, it, it gives it gives us as players more opportunities to put more trophies on the shelves. Yeah, yeah. you know, I yeah, completely agree. Okay. Completely agree. Joe says, would joining a conference change the opinion of haters? No. it No. So, yeah, you, 
you join a conference, people are going to crap on Notre Dame because they just don't like Notre Dame. I mean, well, you, Mike, you were talking about the holier-than-thou thing. What about the aspect of Marcus Freeman making Notre Dame cool again? No doubt. Does that change anything in your in your? I mind? hope it does. I think I think you're absolutely starting to see that shift. But I do think the Notre Dame haters, um, if we did, and I'm just, and again, this is just for shits and giggles, but like if we did join an SEC, so if Clemson joins the SEC, um, for one, like if you beat up on some of those teams in, during a regular season, you might get more respect from Southern football fans, from SEC football fans. And maybe there's a trickle-down effect where Notre Dame football becomes more relatable to those Southern recruits. Does that make any sense? Winning is relatable. And Marcus That's what I'm saying. Relatable. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think that – Notre Dame beating a Penn State is it going to relate to some kid from Dade County, Florida, right? It just It's just not. So if Florida State, Clemson joined the SEC – and we go down there play in Tallahassee. You're gonna you're gonna grab more kids' attention. So, yeah, this goes way back to the Marcus Freeman hire. Everything to me is centered around recruiting. I mean, that is your world, right, Mike? Mm-hmm. So, and that's the name of the game in college football. It's an arms race. Who can get the best athletes? So, whatever gives us the best chance to recruit um, and get some interaction with those with those the best athletes. That's what I'm I'm pro recruiting and i think that being in that spending more time in that southern part of the country playing games being on the road getting more visibility to those kids um you know can i be honest with you so my college girlfriend played volleyball at notre dame and uh she was from california (laughs) and uh prior to like notre dame recruiting her she had never heard of she had never even heard of notre dame she didn't know where it was. You know, I asked her one time, like, about the movie Rudy. She said that, like, the movie Rudy was, like, 85% of the reason that she chose Notre Dame. She fell in love with Notre Dame because of that movie. But that just gives you, I mean, it's a high-level athlete, you know, athlete recruit that didn't even know Notre Dame existed. Does that make sense? Yep. So people in Pennsylvania, people in Ohio, they already people in Michigan, recruits, they already know that Notre Dame exists, kind of what Notre Dame's about. I, I Truly, I think that some of those Southern kids – they don't know a whole hell of a lot about Notre Dame because all they've been hit over the head with is Bama, Tennessee, you name it, right? I think yeah. there's a lot of validity to that. No, there is. But I don't know how big of a factor that would be. I, I, I don't know. It would be a big or small. I think it would be not that big because Notre Dame's still up in Indiana, um, and that's going to be far from any kid in Dade County. Um and again, Ohio State's getting a ton of those kids. So I don't sure. know. Yeah, different discussion for a different for a different day, probably. All right, we do have a few more minutes on realignment talk. A couple more things I want to get to, and then we're going to spend the rest of the show on four recent Notre Dame commitments that Mike wants to break down, and then any super chats you guys have, um, drop those, and we will drop what we're doing and get to your question right away. Otherwise, you guys could drop questions for Mister Goolsby. I'll save some ones that I think are good, and we can get to it a little bit later in the show. A few more comments. Ron says he loves the two Mike show. Always good. We appreciate that. Mike Thanks, Ron. Um, says, hey, what about Notre Dame creating their own conference? Um, that would be the biggest F you to the country um, in terms of, like, everyone has been like, Notre Dame, you should join a conference. Then Notre Dame makes their own conference. That would be amazing. 
Bass uh, Bass and Domer says Notre Dame needs to let it play out. No need to rush your decision. Yep, that's 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 we agree on that. We all agree there. I think this is the best comment from Eric. Love is good, hate is good, boring irrelevant is bad. And also we can add into Eric's comment that being relevant is what matters here. That if you are not loved or hated, you're not super relevant. You know, like being hated is good. Uh, you know, from a brand perspective that people care about you, that's important. Um, so I think that's, yeah, that Notre Dame's people care about Notre Dame. Notre Dame's the bell of the ball here. Yeah, it's pretty good. Any other thoughts Any thoughts on any of those comments, Mike? No, I, I agree with that last comment. I mean, uh, comments, yeah, love and hate are, you know, cousins. So I, I would agree. Um, I think it was like, Harry Houdini had a quote about that. Like, I've as long as you're talking about me, what's that? The, the love and hate are cousins. I've never heard no, that. No, it's true. Like, but um, yeah, not caring is is the worst thing in the world. Just being completely irrelevant. I have no feelings. Yeah, that's worse than being hated. But yeah, I think Harry Houdini had a quote about that. Like, as long as they're talking about me, just make sure you spell my name right. Something to that effect. Yeah. That, yeah. Exactly. Okay. So this is my... Maybe not proposal, but this is what my favorite thing would be. Let's get into it. It's a little bit of both. All right. Mm. So stay independent. And I have no idea if this would work out contractually and and all that stuff. But, you know, let's just put that aside. Notre Dame stays independent. But they get rid of this boring-ass five-game ACC thing. I don't really care anymore about Notre Dame playing Duke and Virginia and Syracuse. I just don't. Okay. Um, Craig, I see your super chat. We'll get to this next. But what if they did the same thing with the Big Ten? Five games. And yeah, you're going to have some duds in there. And it's not going to be fun playing Maryland and Rutgers. But, you know, whatever. Notre Dame gets five Big Ten games a season. Uh, now we're talking. Now that's – that's. Uh, don't you miss Michigan State on the schedule in Michigan – I mean, like, don't you want to see Notre Dame play Penn State? I do. I mean, so I'm going to say yes, and I love the idea, Mike. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna swap the ACC for Big Ten opponents, right? Yeah. So that's the premise of your argument. I like the idea of playing a Michigan, playing a Penn State, based off of one brand versus another brand. I love that, but the style of football. Uh, sucks. I mean, like you watch <laughs> Iowa, dude. I mean, like watch Iowa play Michigan State. It's like, and I love defense. Like I love all that stuff. I love watching run fits, but dude, a ten to seven game um, doesn't really get my heart pumping. So with the USC's in the UCLA joining the conference, maybe you start to see them throw the ball around the yard a little bit more and, and their the, the Big Ten style of play starts to evolve. So I like the idea of a Big Ten schedule, but uh, and I like the brand name of a Penn State, but I just don't like the style of football. It's boring to watch. You seemed okay with you, – you seem – fine with either am i wrong in saying that like you, you seem fine with Notre Dame staying independent like you don't have a super strong feeling either way no i've told i've told you this before like i, I have a limited amount of bandwidth mike's and this isn't uh 
some of this is above my pay grade, you know, <laughs> it sounds like, <laughs> you know, so, so uh, I want to do whatever is going to help us get to the playoff and recruit and, and recruit. And I mean, that's, that's, that's how I look at it. What gives us a chance, the best chance to, to win. Um, and there is, I think there is like a rivalry. There's a, there's kind of a rivalry from when we played Ohio state in, in a bowl game a few years ago, maybe a decade ago now. I think that's a real thing. I don't like Ohio State fans. We've I've been adamant about that. So we'll see what it turns into. But I think joining joining the SEC is probably a, a pie in the sky. It'll never really happen because it's such yeah. an odd odd fit culturally and all that. But I think that'd be that'd be fun. If I, if I woke up tomorrow and there was the news that that Notre Dame had joined the SEC, I'd be doing backflips and I can't even do any. We're I excited. wouldn't be as excited if we joined the Big Ten. I just it wouldn't be. Yeah. Would be kind of bleh to me. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I disagree. Yeah, I think it'd be exciting. But I think it's I mean, I think Notre Dame's fine independent as well. Eric says he likes my idea, but do that with the SEC. Instead, Milton fan says, Mike, I love that idea. Don't know which Mike. I'm gonna take credit for it though. Um, <laughs> All right. What was that super chat about, dude? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget uh, your boy. Craig says, Mike, do you think Notre Dame will go to CBS as its next network now that the CBS is dropping the SEC? I didn't even is, CBS is dropping SEC? What? Is that real? I don't know that, but I I can't imagine Notre Dame is going to drop NBC unless something crazy happens, Craig. Well, unless unless I mean NBC's got to figure out that Peacock streaming service. I mean, in you know 2022, it's like a it's a little glitchy, and b it's kind of bullshit, like just in general. So. I think I'd, li- I'd like to see them align themselves with w- whatever network has the best sort of streaming platform personally. So but it could be a fit. I mean, C- CBS is kind of a stuffy network, though. It's like you just th- I-, I tend to think of like an older demographic when I imagine CBS. 60 minutes these days. Yeah, like they're still showing like Everybody Loves Raymond reruns. And, uh, I think that was a, a CBS show. What a time to be alive, man. What a time to be uh, in, involved in this college football world. It's just – it is – it's nuts. It's bonkers. It's 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 crazy. Like, NIL, I don't like it. But it don't matter because it's a thing. And 
I'm kind of thankful to be covering Notre Dame. That doesn't really that that's not their shtick is you know paying recruits. I'm thankful to cover Notre. I've been thankful to cover Notre Dame before NIL and certainly more than ever now. But um, transfer portal. Man, do you remember when like Lincoln Riley was leaving and Brian Kelly? Just these crazy moves. That I feel like those two moves don't even. Compare. Yeah, fuck that guy. By the way, right? I mean, Kelly. You know, oh, we can't recruit. It's like, okay, okay, is that so? You know, looking at looking at the classes now and what Coach Freeman's putting together, it's like, oh, it's like, oh, the harder you work, the the luckier you get, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just does. It feels like everything related to college football, Mike. It just feels like it's just whizzing by. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, can we almost just get to the season so we have a, like a sense of normalcy here, right? I mean, unless they're going to change the rules and switch to like Canadian rules football or something. It's like, can we just get back to some semblance of normalcy here? BC says this would all blow lose mind. <laughs> uh, the, the greatest of all time, loose emoji. Yeah, I, I just, man, it's it's uh, it's not fair that we lost Lou because we could really use his um, – his perspective and wisdom on all of this because amen yeah lou would be able to give us give us some great knowledge and he'd uh i know he'd be calling me a lot confused um about (laughs) what's going on but uh yeah i think about lou often i think you know mike you were closer to lou than i was but i I do think about him and uh just an absolute is just steel trap of like notre dame knowledge is it's just really amazing but the guy the guy has been remembered and will be remembered and that's all we could that's the most you can kind of hope for when we all go right so all right you want to jump into these recruits then bud um yeah brian no one heard that don't don't worry about that yeah no one. all right so yeah let's talk let's let's shift gears to talk a little recruiting um, so Notre Dame, little Cruton, huh? Is that what yeah, you're calling it now? Notre Dame picked up uh, what? How many commitments has it been in, since the start of the summer? Like six, seven? It's been a lot. We're going to talk about the four most recent here in the 2023 class. Here's Jar- Charles Jagasaw, Mike from uh, Rock Island, Illinois, Alleman High School. Now his high school team last season pretty bad i think they went defeated and they only scored like a few touchdowns on the season they got a five-star recruit though per on three number seven recruit nationally and number one offensive tackle um are those good shaking of head mike oh it's just it's remarkable so let's pop on the tape i don't think he's a traditional like when you think of a number one offensive tackle in the country i don't think he's your traditional one but what what do you think about him? So you'll see well, him what, playing t- tackle and display defensive tackle. So what makes you say you don't think he's a traditional tackle? What do you mean by that? He's not like 6'8", 300 pounds. You know, he's yeah. not like a – like he's a freak show, but, I, I you know, I don't – it's still a little bit more of a projection. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if he's tackle guard, sure. Um, I've mentioned Jagasaw to some of the kids that I've trained recently as I've seen his film. And there's a lot of kids out there that have the the height, weight, measurables, 6'6", 300 pounds plus. There's a lot of them, right? But I think the thing that makes this kid so highly rated 
and so sought after is when you watch the defensive clips, the burst is really what jumps off the screen at you and that he's like the quickest player on the field and he's twice the size of everybody else. Um, and I've just kind of shared that with some kids. It's like showing that burst, like some hip drive there, some natural snap on that clip. But uh, that's really what pops out at you in the potential. And this is a big, big, big kid. Doesn't have the best technique or any technique really in terms of footwork and whatnot. Um, but he's just a, he's a mauler. And like, you know, you get around, you know, we, we, we talked at length about that spring game X player dinner where I was able to kind of rub shoulders with some of these guys and had a lot of fun sizing up kids. Um, and I mentioned that we kind of look like a basketball team at times, you know, in terms of the length and the size, but this kid, uh, he's like a mountain of a man. And yeah. I played with a guy, I played with two guys when I was in, you know, my cup of coffee in the NFL. Flozell Adams was a left tackle for the Cowboys and Larry Allen is the hall of fame, played every position on the line, but center. And both of those men are so big, Mike, that they don't even necessarily have to have the best footwork just because there's so much to get around. You understand? Like if a kid Charles Jagasaw's side stands in front of you, you're, you just – how do I negotiate this? He's huge, right? Um, and it, almost in that Blake Fisher mold where Blake Fisher sometimes can have some heavy feet. Hopefully he's worked on his conditioning in the offseason. But it's kind of like that Blake Fisher mold. Give me the best – the biggest, best athlete I can. And that's what I see with Char Charles Jagasaw. And it really jumps out at you when you watch the, the defensive footage. And he seems to play the game – the right way if he's i didn't realize he was on such a poor team in high school um but if he's still playing hard and knows that the odds of winning the game are slim to none that shows you quite a bit about like his football character right yeah i mean i think he was recruited by other schools and he he wanted to stick there um undefeated wrestler won a state yep. title yeah um, i think it was class a in in, in uh illinois but yeah, I don't know. Well, wrestlers, I mean, I played with two wrestlers when I was at Notre Dame. Um, John Sullivan, who had a hell of an NFL career, and Trevor Laws, you know, was ended up being a second-round pick for the Philadelphia Eagles, and those guys would go at it in the locker room time to time. Um, and that was just like a clash of the titans type thing. <laughs> so, yeah, wrestling and football go together like peanut butter and jelly. It just yeah. does. And, again, it's just more of the same in terms of, like, his toughness. And also – you know, you and I like to talk about this, Mike, the whole good face kind of looking the part. Like you look at Charles Jagasaw and you're like, that's a, that guy looks like just a stud, you know, stud lineman in general with the neck and like uh, just an exciting kid. I mean, kid's a kid's a stud. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote a mailbag article today. Some Bloom Gold subscribers asked me questions and I answered. And one of the questions was favorite kid to interview in the 23 <laughs> class. And I went with Charles, like, the dude hadn't tweeted anything in like three months. And then his next tweet was, Hey, I'm committing like, no, look, the live streams are great. The hats, you know, doing all that's fine. What about just like a good old tweet committing to Notre Dame? And that's like it. Like, you know, there's some, something to Charles Jagasaw, just the simplicity. Well, what's he like? What's he like? Uh, is he a so, quiet kid? Just so, self-assured. Yeah, he's a quiet, reserved kid. But super, like, I don't think he likes doing interviews. Like, I don't think that's his favorite thing. He, he looks at his phone. Oh, Mike Singer's texting me to talk to me. 
I just done three of these after my visit. I don't really want to talk. But he's so gracious with his time. Gets very thoughtful and truthful answers too. Like I'm fine with a kid BSing me in an interview. Like I know that you've got to, you know, keep things under wraps. Like, you know, they aren't trying to leak some information at some time, but Charles is just always super honest and, and upfront. And uh, it was just great. Great to cover. Um, sounds yeah, like definitely. a great, sounds like a great teammate. Going back to him, staying on that defeated team, and he's not transferring for a senior yeah. season. He's a freaking great teammate. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and I remember, remember when um, you used the word pageantry, but like, remember Rocco Spindler's recruitment? I thought that Rocco Spindler enjoyed recruiting a little bit too much for my taste. He wasn't your favorite recruit, that's for sure. Well, as you know, now if he was a a wide receiver or something, I would have a different perspective. But as like a, a headbanger inside, you're an interior lineman. Like I kind of want more of a Charles Jagasaw approach to recruiting in just ter- in terms of like your overall demeanor. Like keep your head down, work. Hopefully we'll see you in the NFL in three, four, five years, right? Yeah. Um, that's just if I had it my way. So I'm happy to see it. Yep, definitely. All right. If you're with us live here watching back on YouTube, tap the like button. Like Irish one says, definitely appreciate that. If you're listening via podcast, you're not left a and you have not left us a review wherever you listen to your pods. Uh, we can I jump in real quick too, Mike? I think there's a thing where it's like if you're already subscribed to the channel, unsubscribe and then resubscribe. I think that's a thing. Mm. Helps our numbers. Does I think it? it helps. I think it's a way of work around that YouTube algorithm. So yeah, unsubscribe and resubscribe. See, let's see what happens. That sounds good to me. Just make sure you do resubscribe. That's the most important part. <laughs> yeah, I just want to make sure you're locked in. We we post a lot of good stuff on the on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. This definitely um, is my favorite. Getting here from uh, from Mr. Goolsby. Interesting player here, Mike from Houston, Micah Bell. Quite the differing opinion of him in the rankings. Top 50 recruit on one side, a three-star on another. Um, we can save that, or if you want to dive into that, you can. But just overall, him as a player. Um, what's his, What's his? Mike, the screen's tiny, tiny. Is he listed at 5'10"? 5'11", 170, which I can – let me uh, see what he actually is at. I, I don't know when that – I'd say he's, I mean, I've seen the film. He looks like to be 5'10". Yeah. And he's not the longest kid in the world. So sometimes, you know, with that. Yeah, I don't have the updated weight on him. Visually, um, Christian Gray looks to be a bit taller on film just because he has a little bit of added length. Like just the optically, it just makes guys look taller. But uh, let's watch him. Yeah, man, this is a... uh, a special talent. I mean, he's like a, I like to give throw out comps, but like, he's almost like a, like a rocket Ishmael. Yeah, dude. I mean it. I mean, slippery burst. Like you'll have a couple runs on here and I know we're recruiting him as a DB. We'll see how that plays out. This is in Reggie Bush high school highlight tape type run noel divine you know, west virginia type like just youtube legends um but yeah he's a special special athlete 
Um, and then like the other thing that you see on some of these, on some of these plays is um, that I haven't heard anybody talk about, but it's like the conditioning for all that stopping and starting, stopping and starting on any given play to still have the, the, like the gas in the tank to still have some burst left over is ridiculous. So I'm just happy that we got this kid has rare speed, elite speed, speed and quickness. Those are they're again, they're kind of cousins, but they're the same, but different speed and quickness. Uh, he looks like he's got both in droves. Um, and we'll see what he ends up being as far as even what side of the ball he plays on. I'm not entirely convinced that he's going to be a, a corner. I'm just not just because he looks to be a little bit, a little bit on the smaller side. And I think that that might serve him better as an offensive weapon as opposed to a defensive one personally. I mean, we don't have just in watching his highlight tape, you don't have as much information and context that all these colleges do, but like you just watch this and you're thinking, why is everybody recruiting him as a corner? <laughs> you know, like I think his closing speed and his athleticism will do well at corner. You know, I think he could be an elite nickel with his agility and, um, you know, just kind of his reaction speed, quick hips. But like, man, you watch him running back and you see he's got like 10, 3, 10, 400 meter speed. It's like, why do you think he's being recruited at corner? Why do I? Yeah. What, what's your opinion? Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really have a great answer for you. Um, unless like, unless, and this is me grabbing at grasping at straws here, Mike, and I don't get the luxury of seeing him at camps or any right. of this That's other stuff. Saying. So right. if his hands are a little bit suspect or his hands are a little bit iffy, that could lend itself to playing defense as opposed to like he'd be a if he'd be a slot corner, be a great little slot receiver, right? Or he'd yeah. be a great little gadget guy out of the backfield. But if his hands are suspect, that might be a reason why. I don't have that answer. But he's super fast. You're you're glad to have a 10-4 kid on your team, right? You know, no like, doubt. No, and I mean I played with know. a kid. I played with a kid, uh two kids at Notre Dame that were like 10-5 guys. I mean, Dwight Ellick was a he was a corner starter for us, you know, wasn't the best player, but had had a couple of good games, had a great game against Michigan. But there's a difference between in, in Dwight one state, and I think he was in New Jersey as a junior, moved to Florida one state in 100 and 200 in, in, the, in the state of Florida, right? So he's a fast kid. But I watched Reggie Bush run away from him when we played USC. And there's a difference between like straight line speed and then a, the ability to, to flip your hips, whereas this kid seems like he has some fluidity to play corner. But um, if it were my team, I might try and start him on offense if he has – natural hands, which I hope he does, but you see him just pull away from people. So nevertheless, he'll, he'll get on the field. Um, but that's another one of these kids, Mike, I talk about all the time. I'd like to be able to see him in the flesh because if he's a tiny little guy, I'd, I'd rather put him on offense than uh, leave him at defense. But exciting player nonetheless. And like, yeah, Rocket was kind of the comp to me just because it's like, man, that kid's a little bit different in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Again, Ken's and Karen's out there. It's just a comp. It's just like a the, give you an idea of what the player is. He's not saying that you know Michael Bell's going to be a rocket. So just calm down there. I'm definitely not. Don't call my manager. <laughs> All right. Next up is Rico Flores. And uh, again, folks, hit the thumbs up. Subscribe to our page. 
or unsubscribe and resubscribe, but that's the thing. Blueandgold.com, dollar for a year premium access. Um, got a super chat, a question for Ghouls B. Um, drop it right away and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. I I love Rico Flores, Mike. I mean, this kid, I think he's a mm, – really like him. But I want to hear your thoughts and uh, on him as a football player before, you know. I, I want to hear what you got to say, and then I'll rebuttal. Well, he's a, he's a great football player. Looks freaking great playing DB on a couple clips here. He does safety, yeah. And some of this stuff, some of my commentary, Mike, is just based off of like just being around the game as long as I have and seeing as many kids and working with kids. This kid, Rico seems like a kid that uh, takes this stuff seriously in terms of his approach um, and his desire to be great. And that's just just seeing him interviewed a couple times and just – I think the game means a lot to him. Um, and we've talked about that, that we need more kids on the team that love football and it matters to them. So that being said, I think he's a great football player overall. I think he can do a lot of things for you. My only knock on him was, and it could be like he has his shoes spatted in terms of like he has tape around. I think you said you used to spat your shoes, Mike. He looks to be like a little bit heavy footed. He doesn't look like fleet of foot to me. Now, he's, granted, he's playing both ways. I don't know if he's playing on natural grass or whatever, but he doesn't have as much, like, bounce uh, in terms of, like, his movements as I'd like to see. He just looks like like he has – almost like, he, like I said, he's heavy-footed. That was the first thing that um, jumped out to me. And he might not have an extra gear. Yeah. But I think he'll he, – he, his comp to me just in terms of looking at him was like an Avery Davis, uh, the way he kind of plays the game. I think he can get you dirty yards. I think he'll be a reliable possession guy. This isn't a knock at all, but I don't necessarily see him taking off the top of the defense. But I do see in a jump ball scenario, he's going to come down with it. Do you remember so, – Mike, do you remember C.J. Williams – the receiver commit who yeah the kid that went to Southern Cal. I think I mean, do you remember his tape? You think they're pretty similar? No, I think that Rico's more fluid than that kid was. That kid seemed kind of rigid to me, okay. just sort of a, a semi-robotic. I think this kid's a a much more fluid, sort of looser athlete. Um, once you said that about CJ, I just popped in my mind his rivals camp tape from last year. It was so bad. I mean, for like he won MVP that day, and I'm like, man, these routes look awful. Um, yeah yeah and he was kind of like a pretty boy whole thing i mean like yeah like that's a kid that's he he's not going to want to come play uh in the snow versus you know penn state or what have you in in big 10 ball but this kid like you could tell he's worked on his craft runs sharp routes he's a tough kid i think he'll become a fan favorite um definitely but yeah he'll play he'll play like he'll do what you need now my so remember we were talking. Who's the kid? Uh, God, who's our who was our big receiver last year? His name's escaping me. Um, no, 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 no. He was a senior. He went to the NFL. He left. People thought he should come back for another year. Oh, outside uh, receiver, Kevin, Kevin Austin. So like, Kevin Austin never showed a lot of heart to me 
in terms of his competitiveness and like being freaking dialed in. And I feel like Rico Flores is oozing that shit in terms of like how serious he takes this. So yeah, he'll become a fan favorite. I like him probably like a more of a four or five guy than a four, four guy. But uh, I think if we need a catch in any given moment, a, you know, critical moment, I think he could become a quarterback's best friend. I love it. Right. I love it. And he's got shit to him. Dude, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I freaking love Rico Flores. And he's a 4.0 kid too, right? Super so smart. Yeah. Be great in the locker. Like, I mean, there's some of these catches though. I mean, these are dirty catches and this like, is like, decent high school football, right? You, you know, like when, when pundits are talking about a kid or just a football player, oh, he's a lunch pail kind of guy. Just like that normal white slot receiver. Like Flores is that, but on the very, very elite end. Yes. Right? Like you just, you Like know. I was one of those guys. I was one of those guys. I'm t- but I'm, I'm talking about more of the receiver position. No, but I, t- I yeah. totally agree yeah. with you. I, yeah. yeah. You know, he, he's, he's, uh, he's a hard-nosed kid that I – oh, and by the way, he's a great athlete on top of it. Dude. So both, both things can be true. Yeah. So when I played high school ball – I Go back would. on what Mike. Can you run that one clip back? Yeah, which one? The, this this pick? Yeah, that pick. Yeah, in the end zone. All right, that's this next play here. You got to have some stones. So he's playing man, right? And he says, "F it," because he's reading the quarterback as he's playing off man to go do this to go leave your guy like that to go make a play. I think that that's takes... being thrown to Cooper Flanagan, Notre Dame's tight end commit. <laughs> They're playing De La Salle. That looks like Flanagan. But I'm just saying, dude, I mean, yeah. he left his man. You got to have stones to be able to, to trust your instincts enough to go make a play like this. So that kind of speaks to maybe his preparation. Um, but that's remember Mike, we've talked about this dude coming out of all these games versus Clemson Bama. It's like, Gosh, we just need more kids that are willing to make that extra little effort to stick their neck out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like rise to the occasion. That's kind of what you see from Rico. Yeah. Uh is just the willingness to go compete and be a really good athlete and just an all-around really, really great football player. So yeah, big fan of his. Yeah. And I've become more of a fan of his as the more the more film I've watched. But just in terms of like areas of improvement, a little bit of foot speed um just becoming a little bit more light on his feet i I don't know how to explain that but it's just something that kind of jumped out at me but no really happy we got him yeah i was a possession receiver in high school many pounds ago and it 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 warms my heart to see elite level possession receivers like rico flores which is not a knock yeah he's not a four three four four guy but um, well having played the position what does it mean to you when you you know you're, you're Mike Singer, football 101. How do you define a possession guy? Technically sound. Like he's not going to run past you to get open or run by you, you know, whatever it be. But he is going to, you know, give you that quick move off the line, the hesitation, um, you know, give you a quick shoulder to make you think he's going inside and then he's running to come back to the outside. Just like very technically sound, very well coached. Um, well, you well. you as a possession guy might not run by anybody, right? God, no. So Rico can run by you, but I guess he what you're can, talking about but is that's not going to be his game. The art mm-hmm. of setting people up, right? The art of setting people up. 
Got it. Love it. Yeah, we us possession guys, we've got to work a little bit harder. But now I'd be playing guard. So love Rico Flores, man. I, I think the analyst would be a better guard, Mike. You or Kane Madden right now. <laughs> Shut up. I think the analysts are like, I think they're, they're we're, we're out thinking the room here, not having a ranked higher. I think we're like trying to be too smart. Like, oh, he, let's knock him because he doesn't have the speed. But you know what other r- r- wide receivers don't have? That polish. Like, why does it have to be all about upside? What about the floor? Rico Flores is not going to be a bust. Like, he's just going to work. Even if he yeah. ends up sucking at receiver for whatever reason, which there's no shot, he's a really good safety. I mean, like, that should be worth something. I, I think he's like a top hunter player, but that's just me. No, I, but I, I agree. So I just started working with a new wide receiver. He's six foot four, right? So it's like all we're working on is him dropping his weight so he can get in and out of cuts. Right. Yep. So if a kid's a four three kid, four four kid, and he did he doesn't know how to tempo his speed on different routes and things, it's kind of eh, all. What's he just going to do? Just run go balls? And I know that's yeah. sexy for people, but what you're seeing with Rico, like the conviction to come down with that ball, the conviction to go up in traffic and make those catches, I don't know how you quantify that. I mean, you can't go to a camp and test for that, right? So you got to watch the film. So. But a year from now, Mike, all those ratings, it won't make a, a bit of difference anyways. So I think, yeah, he'll be polished enough. And I don't see Rico, man. Uh, I think I just became president of the Rico Flores fan club. Oh, screw you. I think that just happened. <laughs> I'm going to do it before you do it. But um, Damn it. You took my kid. I don't see – I'm just telling you, I, I don't see him not playing early in the – like we, he's gonna get. I don't. I just don't see him not finding a way to get himself into the rotation. I right. just don't. Okay. You know, I'm gonna give him a call after this. I've been needing to catch up with Rico, so I'm gonna give him a call after we're done with history. Nice man. All right, Milton. Are Fanger. you gonna let him know that you guys are you guys are kindred spirits? You're both <laughs> possession guys. Hey, Rico, right. man, we play the same position. Uh, probably sound like a D bag. I'm sorry for that comment. It's fine, dude. It's fine. That's that's what's great about high school football, you know. Anyway, fan says singer, you're vicariously living through Rico. Um, yeah, definitely. And, And this is a good point. Like track speed versus football speed. That's a real thing, right, Mike? Like you talked about track speed. Yeah, we yeah we have now that we're seeing it. You're seeing it with Chris Tyree. Chris Tyree is a he's a Ferrari, right? And it's like versus you know Toyota Camry is going to drive for half a million miles, just change the oil. And Chris Tyree, like everything has to be mint Mm -hmm. in order for him to feel good enough and go play. So I completely agree with that. Okay. All right, last recruit here, and again, these are all Notre Dame commits. They all just picked the Irish here in the past. What? Week, I think. Yeah, yeah, week. Uh, Christian Gray um, committed on uh, 4th of July, um, so made Mike's finger work. It's okay, Christian. I forgive you. I'm just I'm, I'm kidding. Um, this is someone who we actually watched, I want to say, on our last Goolsby show or maybe the one before that. I was just, I'm just like, I just want to throw this kid on film. Um, I may or may not have known the kid was committing and wanted to get Mike's thoughts. Um, so, yeah, Christian Gray, six foot and a half, 175 pounds. 
plays like he's six two though. He's got really long arms. Really long arms. Um, on three as I'm listed as the 18th best corner country number 150 overall player. He's going to be shooting up the rankings. That's um, not that I have anything. I don't make the decision on the rankings, but just got a feeling. Fast 4-4 kid. Ran a 4-4-9 at Notre Dame going into his junior year in the 40-yard dash. Ran 4-4-0. I was going to say he's run faster than that, yeah. Yeah, and his first time ever running track, he ran an 11-0 in the 100-meter. Like, that's, that's pretty darn good, so – you know, Bell seems like an athlete playing corner. Christian Gray is a corner. There's a play coming up here. This next pass breakup. It's this play right here. Breaks Watch the way the he yeah, wakes the way he jumps and attacks the ball. Yeah, like it's little things like that. Like that's so athletic for a kid just to to get up in the air and do that. Now, I, and I mentioned this before. He's like a carbon copy of. Avante Dickerson, who was out at Oregon right now, so much so I sent this kid's highlight tape to Avante, and he was like, yeah, dude, it's crazy. Like, we look like the same player, and Avante might be a, a hair faster. Um, Avante's but yeah, it, He's going to be a – yeah, for sure. I mean, and Avante was a 10-9 guy as a true freshman in high school, ran – I think he ran four three nine at Ohio State's camp. So, I mean, they're right there. Um, but the measurables are all the same. So, he's a field corner, smooth athlete. Uh, he's what you're looking for. It'll be interesting, that room. So I think the the corner room, so I think some of the previously recruited kids, the Ryan Bards, the Mickeys of the world, they have a little bit more, and I hate the word swagger. We got to come up with a better football term for that. Shit. Um, guys that have some shit to them. So I think Christian's kind of, and you mentioned this, he's more of a humble kid in terms of like his personality. Very much so. But athletically, he's got the goods. Mm-hmm. And I've had that conversation with Avante. It's like, you know, you can be a confident kid and it's okay to act confident in terms of trying to win over your coaches. So I think some of that energy in that cornerback room, I'm hoping Christian kind of gleans a little bit of that from those guys. Uh, but he's a talented kid. I mean, this is like kids with his measurables that run like he does. I mean, they're NFL kids. I mean, this kid, this kid will end up going in the third, fourth round one day just because of the measurables. And he's a super fluid. Uh, I mean, it's a guy that will be in a rotation. I really like him. It's a position of need. Um, had a great offer list. Yeah. Bama, Ohio State, yeah. USC, LSU. Some but you can look, it's interesting to look and kind of compare and contrast like the, this video footage versus Micah Bell's footage. And so he might be listed at a couple, two, three inches taller than Micah Bell, but he looks like markedly bigger on, on film. There's a lot so, more of, I mean, we, we've seen a bunch of gray in the return game, but I feel like there's a lot more of gray at corner than there is at Bell at corner in, in his film. But you know, Bell, yeah. Bell mainly a running back in high school right now. So, yeah, but just uh, the prototypical, if measurables and six foot with like a six six wingspan runs four four. Yes, please. Yeah. All right. What about this? Oh, nope, wrong comment. Um, Aaron, not 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 to my knowledge, but I didn't mean the pop. I can't wait to talk about uh Hannafin by yeah, the way, you like one him. of these days. Oh, I think he's I think he's a fascinating kid. Another kid I need to see in person to see like the size of the frame in terms of where he's gonna slot. Uh, position wise mojo okay thanks for that Milton. Yeah, swagger equals mojo so 
I can't say Mojo and not think about Austin Powers, though. So, not, yeah, not a big Austin Powers guy. It's been a really long time since I've seen that movie. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, Christian Gray. I mean, cornerback recruiting Mike. It's really bad. He's the highest ranked corner recruited recruit for Irish since two thousand seven. Uh huh. That's not. That's. I mean, great, you got Christian Gray, but man, when you think about it, that's really bad for Notre Dame that it's been that long since they you know, land like a top 100 cornerback like this. So, um, well, that goes back to that our, our preliminary conversation, Mike, about you know joining an SEC. It's like these elite skill guys, guys that play on the edge, whether it be receiver or corner, you find a lot of them down south. So where where is Christian from? St. Louis. Where is he? St. Louis, okay. So – Midwestern be, kid. Would you think Georgia or something? I was, I was in my mind. I had South Carolina or something like that. But uh, yeah, he seems to understand football has pretty good technique. Um, I'm, I'm glad we got him. Absolutely. All right, we're about an hour. Any, uh, any closing thoughts before we get out here, Mike? No, not really. I, I had a whole agenda, folks. I cooked up this whole agenda all these bullet points and Mike threw it out the window. <laughs> Shut up. We're doing that. So we're we'll get that. there a couple weeks. Wish list for the season. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. So maybe, maybe our listeners could, they can kind of come up with a wish list of their own. I've got some ideas yeah. of things I'd like to see going into week one Freeman's of the, of the Freeman era. It's going to be fun to start transitioning from topics like should Notre Dame join a conference and, a pissing match between, you know, Marcus Freeman and Ohio state. That wasn't a pissing match, but you know, like we're, we're doing all these off season topics and just we're finding content. It, it's going to be fun to talk football, man. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. It's going to be fun. All right. This has been the Mike Goolsby show. Appreciate everyone been with us live we had a great group appreciate all those watching back and on podcast as well head to blueandgold.com dollar for one year of premium access appreciate everyone have a great night and we'll talk to you next time